afternoon. <coughs> the current topic is about hashing. Uh, inserting elements in constant time, fetching elements in constant time, asking whether the element is in the data collection in constant time, if and when possible. The problem is um, that the number of elements comes from a large, huge universe. At any given time, of course, we insert only a subset of those. And we should be ready for any subset of the entire universe uh, to store in the dictionary. Uh, and inevitably, uh, because we map a large universe to a small range of integers, by pigeonhole principle and by different argumentations that we also look today, we observe that there will be collisions. Two keys map to the same location. Uh, last time we said that when the collisions happen, then we can build a linked list of everything falling into this slot of the hash table. So just make a linked list of the elements. The, the management of linked lists, of course, uh, of course you know how to do that, um, etc. Alternative way, rather than building a linked list in here, is to, okay, there was a collision, you know, but then to, to find the next place and reinsert it into the same table and hope to find the empty spot. So that if in the beginning there is a collision in here, then the next time I'm trying to hash 496 into the table, I'm going to use some other function, uh, the next version, version 0, 1, still collision, version 2, we finally found the empty slot. So we sort of built the linked list 204 in, in this, this, and this slot. If we start to search for this particular key, we start from the first location again. Okay, this slot is occupied, but not by 496. We don't know if 496 is stored, right? Then we look at the next location, occupied, but still not 496. Then we go to the next slot, occupied, luckily 496 is in here. Yes, it was in the hash table. Had we hit the empty slot, we would have said that it's not in the table. So the questions will be how long the search would take, how many uh, searches until the successful or non-successful search. Non-successful has to uh, end by hitting the empty slot. Uh, okay, so the, the questions are how do we get to this next iteration? Like the first one hit uh, there, what is this, the next hit in here, there? What is the order by which we go through the table? Which ones do you know by now? You must know some.
have you seen this type of doing? How did how did we how did you deal with the um, with the collisions? Where did you look next? Next, uh, next integer. And so you just look at the next position and next position and next yeah, position. For example, this is one way. Yeah. Is this the only way? No, probably not. Yeah. Is this a good way? No. Who said no? And why is not that a good way? Uh, because uh, the next step is not what you insert. We have the hash table, we have reserved that space. Yeah. We hit you hit collision, yeah. and then the next slot, what is the problem with that? Uh, if, if it's empty, then perfect, we just yeah. insert it there. Yeah, but uh, there can be too many checks before we find an empty one. So Okay, uh, but we have the load factor. In this case, we have to keep the load factor below one, right? For sure. If the load factor is more than one, then there will be no empty slots left. Yes. Right. So load factor will be, say, 25%. Uh, well, we, we want to keep the load, uh, load factor close to one as much as possible. Yes, then we have as few empty slots as possible. Then we waste little space, right? But uh, the problem was how to avoid too many collisions in the row. In that case, the larger the table, the less, less collisions we have. Right? Yes, but this comes at the at sacrifice of space. That comes at the sacrifice of, of space. True. And uh, if you have little of empty slots, then uh, finding the empty slots will take in a closer amount of time. Okay. If you one by one check, then of course, if load factor is 25%, then you have one quarter chance to hit the empty slot next time, right? It's not quite the entire truth, but at least you, you, you have to have the right mindset, the right questions, what, to, what should we do with this kind of thing, right? How to solve uh, the next position where we try to hit with the same key. Originally, hash function just gives you one address, and now we want to have another and third and fourth, etc. So, um, the first one that you just described was linear. So, take this and add i, just, just look at the next one. Right? When you go over, over the board in here, you start again from the top. That is linear probing, just next, 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 next. Uh, of course, in here, you shouldn't delete anything in between. You, you, you cannot delete anymore because then the, the long chain would break down, right? Then you would say, no, it's not, not in the list, but if you delete something in the middle, it was after that position, right? So that already limits that we can't delete easily. But uh, at least we could just look at the next slot. 
And this function is in here. Just add i to the hash function and modulo hash table size. The problem in here will be that we will uh, hit something that is called primary clustering. Uh, we start getting clusters that are full, clusters of slots that are full, and, and these clusters start growing larger and larger. How is that? Uh, look, well, this is some kind of illustration. The, the empty slots, the full slots, um, try to insert it here that was full, the next one is there, right? So we, we insert after there. If we hit next in here, the blue, the, the, this, this, okay, blue fits in there, fine. But now, look at this cluster. Anywhere we hit, one, two, three, four, five, any of the five, will end up filling up this space. Now we have six, any of them will fill, uh, fill up this space. And, and the longer the region grows, the more chance is that you're going to fill in the same and same region. If one region starts to grow, that grows, absorbs all the, a uh, lot of the space. So you could, of course, try to, um, I, ha I have never had this as a homework, I think, so far, try to figure out what happens, how, the, how quickly the, the slots will grow if all the process is random, right? Randomly, one starts to grow, but by this random, the very same randomness, once you have the slightly larger one, then that is more probable to grow further. So this is the primary clustering. Not so good, right? Uh, so that was this one. Uh, the slightly better one would be quadratic probing. So with, let's pick some constants 1 and 2 and plus constant time i plus constant time i squared. Sort of like the, the fourth one will be 16 already. It's plus 4, but this one is plus, if the constants are 1, then it's plus 4 plus 16. Look in here, the next one will be sort of like, even if you, the, the next jumps will be longer and longer, right? Somehow try to get over with this hitting the next slot in here. So this is quadratic probing, and the constants uh, could be selected, I guess, so that you start filling up at unequal uh, steps. Or the third variant is we have hash function, our hash function, plus we add something. Uh, but this one is that we have multiple hash functions. One hash function as in here, and then with this order I multiply another hash function. So we can have multiple hash functions. If these are very different from each other, then you start developing something that is rather random. Yeah? You don't get the primary clustering in here. So double hashing. Uh, let me just see if there was
So with the quadratic probing, you start jumping with the longer in the longer jumps. Of course, you can implement it with the multiplier or not. Um, the problem is, yeah, with the quadratic problem uh, probing, we sort of eliminate one issue: this cluster that was next to each other, right? Because we jump out of the cluster with the longer jumps. But nevertheless, with this, if we happen to come to the same slot, then the probe sequence is exactly the same, right? In the next time, it will be the other key hitting in the same slot will test the, exactly the same locations. And then, of course, the chain is getting longer and longer again. But this is secondary clustering. With the double hashing, the secondary clustering should not happen because the, the two hash functions should give, give relatively independent numbers. Okay, so so the double hashing generally produces excellent results, but the hash functions should be relatively prime to the m, so that you get prime numbers, and then you can jump around uh, using these uh, benefiting from the prime numbers. Um, the mathematical question would be, of course, somehow to, to figure out that with this i, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 4, up to m, do we probe every and each one of the m locations of the hash table? Or do we start getting some cycle, infinite cycles so that it only tests the same five and then again the same five? the same five, sort of like, you don't never explore new slots. Uh, so I guess that would be uh, worth at least trying that. But what happens when you have multiple uh, hash functions, which, uh, which keys would, or, or how to get, so ideally, this, with this i, the next and next and next probe, they should give all the possible permutations of the free slots, or of the m slots that we have in the hash table. Uh, if it never produces some numbers, then we, we can't uh, expect to grow this hash table too much. But this is, uh, this is the one of the strategies. Okay, and uh, with this uh, kind of open, open addressing within the same hash table, we start up, uh, using up the, up the space, then the load factor has to be below one because we have to have some empty slots maintaining in the hash table, right? In this case, we don't want to get load factors over, over one. It's not possible. And then the, how many times we... Uh, how many times we search, well, usually at least, well, the first one for sure. And if that is a collision with some other key, then we also look at the next one. If that is also the collision, then we look at the next one. And this chain will depend on that load factor, factor alpha. So, um, so we have the n keys and m slots. So this is, the, uh, this is the load factor. And now when we first probe, 
the table, this is how much is pulled already, and that is the probability that we hit one of, the, one of those keys in the table. But in the next round, to hit again, we don't have n over m anymore. We have already tested one, so we, and we have m minus one slots left. Since the first hit was successful, sort of like hit it uh, a occupied slot or maybe had a collision, then one of the n elements has been, we know that it's in that location, right? So there is n minus one locations left, and m minus one, well, m minus one locations left, and n minus one values distributed in there. So the first hit, uh, first hit is n over m, but the next one is n minus 1 over m minus 1. And, and then the next is n minus 2 over m minus 2, etc. So since every time the load factor decreases, we eliminate one from the hash table, but we also eliminate one key that is in the remaining slots. So uh, when we had 5 out of 10, and now we have 4 out of 9. So that one is uh, decreasing. So basically the bottom line is that you can open up the sum and, and say that 1 over 1 minus alpha number of times you open, uh, you probe uh, the hash table. What does this mean? If load factor is 20%, it's 1 over 0.8. It's 1.25 hits on average. If the load factor is 0 0.8, 80% full, then it's 1 over 20%, five times on average. So 90% means 10 times on average, 95% means 20 times on average. So 90% full is 10 times on average uh, the hits. Okay, so this kind of analysis is, is sort of asking um, what is the probability to hit the empty slot or how many, how many, success, how many uh, hits do we need until we hit the empty slot. Uh, this is a little bit, and, and hashing overall is a little bit related to the birthday paradox. So in here, what is the probability that two of you, any two, uh, happen to have the same birthday? Do you know? Yeah, and uh, how, how many more people should enter the classroom so, so that we have the that we would have over 50% chance that there is a shared birthday. I think there is a lot of uh, 23. Well, at least what this says in here, right? <laughs> so, so uh, there is 365 days, and if we randomly pick uh, 23 people, there is over half chance that two of them have the birthday on the same day, forgetting the year. 365 days and just three weeks occupied 
three, three weeks plus two days occupied. And uh, there is already high chance that two will have on the same day, birthday. Uh, and this is how the probability uh, grows. At 23, it will grow just over half uh, probability that there will be a collision on the birth dates. Two keys will collide. You can uh, do that in Excel. Every time, the first, the first one doesn't collide with anybody, right? When there is one person, it, that doesn't collide. But for the next one, not to collide, there is 365 out of 366 days left. That is the probability that it doesn't collide. The next one has 364 days out of 366 to probability, right? Times the previous probability. So this is the probability of individual. The, the, this um, uh, 23rd guy for, for him to hit one of the 344 three, three slots, it's 91.94 probability, 91%, almost 92% that that 23rd person entering the room doesn't collide with anybody. But all the previous cases have been already, this is, has to be after all the previous have not collided. And that's the moment when it drops just below 40, 50%. Well, drops below 50 or increases over 50%. And that, that's how it looks like, 365 days in here. And the probability of not colliding will drop very fast. So after 77, after, after 77 people, very little probability that none of them will collide. Uh, on Mars, the year is 669 Martian uh, days long, so there, is, uh, there has to be 31 Martians. Year is double longer, but 31 Martians would suffice to have the same effect. <coughs> so, of course, first of all, we know that there will be collisions, but the collisions will happen very soon. If this is the hash table, then already, already 70 out of 365, 366 full, and the collisions will happen almost certainly. Uh, so that means that your adversary can, of course, make up the nightmare scenario for you and insert all of the keys that will collide, collide, collide. There is enough of those values that collide, so they can choose arbitrarily and uh, make lots of collisions. So, in the, at the worst case, all the keys would uh, be mapped to the same location. And the universe is so long, large so that you can select n elements, well, you can select a large number of elements that hash to the same location. So it's it's almost well. It's always possible to find those uh, keys that map to the same location. So um, so far, we have been looking uh, uh, that uh, Q 
keys come randomly from the universe, or adversary will pick the keys from the universe, right? But the hash function somehow we fix once. Alternative is to consider that, okay, for a particular set of fixed keys, for a fixed set of keys, what happens if we select the hash function randomly? Turn the tables. That the keys are known, but hash functions can vary. What would happen in that case? If the keys are fixed, we have two keys, k1 and k2. If we can randomly select hash function, then we can also say that the probability that the two... Oh, th this is still the, the typical assumption. Two keys, uh, the same hash function, when the keys are separated, <coughs> so there is one over m uh, chance of the collision, whatever the... 1 over m, 1 collision, what is the m in here? Um, m is some ratio, so what is the probability of the, of the collision? Just, just a random collision. Um, so this is what is typically, we have one hash function uh, We have one hash function, two keys, keys are separate, what is the probability of collision? In, uh, in both scenarios, when the keys are randomly chosen, or when the keys are fixed but hash function is randomly chosen, this is what we would like to assume, that the probability is very low. Or at least we know what is the probability. And, and it, it should be uniform. So with this, we can sort of introduce the concept of universal hashing, which is a randomized way to hashing. And randomized is that uh, we are free to select our hash function randomly. We don't need to carefully design the hash function and say we are going to use this hash function. If the opponent figures it out, what the hash function is, then we are screwed. So rather, we randomly select the hash function and see what will happen in that case. And we would like to have the hash functions for which collisions uh, frequency is the same as, uh, as uh, for a particular hash function for two separate keys. Uh, so, um, We have a universe of keys. Universe can be large, but universe of the keys. And this uh, capital H is a collection of hash functions that each maps the, uni the universe to the same range from zero to, from one to m, or zero to m minus one. And now these hash functions or will be, well, this is an entire collection of hash function functions that map universe to this range. We call this hash function uh, family universal if for every x and y from the universe, when the two keys are separate, then for one particular function from this family, 
the probability that the, this function will give the collision for x and y is uh, proportion of m out of the universal family size h. So basically, how frequently the pair chosen from this uh, collection gives, up, uh, gives us a collision. And we want to uh, keep this as low as possible, right? When everything is uniform, then basically it's, uh, it's uh, what is the probability of just two random persons having the same birthday in this 366 long hash table? It's one in 366, right? The probability for two to share a birthday is one in 366. The first one is fixed. And the second to have the same birthday is 1 3 over 366. So that's what we are talking about in here, the ratio. Uh, th this is a sort of desirable collection of hash functions that have this low collision probability if the hash function is chosen, is chosen randomly from this family. We haven't designed the family yet. Assume that there is such a collection of hash functions so that we can freely choose and if we choose freely then the number of collisions will be low. Uh, if we select from this universal set then the number of expected number of collisions with the uh, For a given key x, uh, number, expected number of collisions will be depend less than the load factor of the. It should be it less. It should be n keys, m slots for x. The probability is uh, it should be equal to. Statisticians, why is it equal? Is it, why is it less than the load factor? Expected number of collisions will be uh, less than the load factor. So load factor is 80%. The For like some fixed for fixed particular for particular key. For particular key. If 80% is the load factor, then 80% is also the probability of the collision. Um, so this repeats the, the condition. We would like to have the hash function family so that the probability of the collision if we select one particular key uh, function from this family, the probability of collision on separate keys is, uh, is uh, small. And now we, we extend the multiplicative uh, hash function that we had, and the function is in here, key times a plus b, this is the simple hash, hash function, modulo p modulo m, um, so this is the function, but how do we design this? We, we have this universe of, uh, of uh, hash functions, sort of like first we set the, the size of the P, 
that could be very large, in fact, so that we calculate the hash function in the modulo of this large uh, p, and then we fit it into the hash table, modulo m. Modulo m is our hash table size. We first uh, calculate something in modulo p, uh, and then we fit it in size m. For this function, a and p can be chosen, uh, in fact, randomly from such that a is between 1 and p. This is from 0 to p minus 1. We have p uh, different uh, um, slots in the beginning. We select a from this range, and b from this range, in this case, 0 is allowed. In the first case, 0 is not allowed because 0 would give us uh, 0 in here, right? from 1 to p or from 0 to p. a times k plus b, modulo p, modulo m. So this is the hash function uh, family dependent on p and m. m is our hash table uh, size and p is the larger set that we start with from which range we select A and B. So if we fix the range for A and B and the hash table size, then we just randomly can select any A and B from this range. And the, our M, the hash table size, we can fix uh, arbitrarily, whatever is needed in this moment in, when you code. Examples, uh, P is 17, Hash table size is 6. When we select A and B 5 and 7, then 5 times 3 is 15, plus 7, 22. Modulo of 17 is 5. Modulo of 6 is still 5. Yeah. Uh, when we select 3 and 4, and key is 28, it's 3 times 28 plus 4. Modulo 17, 88, modulo 17 is, you can do counting in your head, 3. Um, in here, we select A and B, 10 and 2, 30 plus 2, 32, modulo 17 is 15. 34 would be uh, 0, right? Uh, 32 gives us uh, modulo uh, 15. Modulo 6 is 3. So A and B, for hash function, you just select two random numbers, A and B. And if A and B are selected randomly, then on average, the hash functions will be working good for your data. So with this kind of uh, thing, if we can select, you, you, can, you can allow computer to select your hash function randomly, by randomly <coughs> selecting A and B. And now you have many choices. You can actually randomly generate more and more hash functions and you can test how good they are right, for your data. With this uh, kind of thing we can come up with something that is called perfect hashing where we want to find uh, we want to implement find 
constant time in worst case. So we sort of said that we have worst case, we have the constant time operations, but there will be collisions. So it's not constant time, it will be the length of the chain, right? In here we would like to do the find in constant time worst case. What do we need for that? Uh, in the perfect hashing, there is no collisions. If you have uh, perfect hash hashing, then we would not allow any collisions. For particular set of keys, you can choose new hash function, and if one of those gives no collisions, then you can use that for a fixed set of keys. When you have a new key, of course, that could collide, and then that doesn't help. But initially, when you have a fixed set of keys, you can design, randomly select the hash function that doesn't provide any collisions. The smaller the load factor, the higher probability that you can find one. If the load factor is large, then it, there is no way. You can just with one hash function find such uh, perfect hashing function. So, how to, how to construct something that is perfect for a particular set of keys? Uh, where do the uh, big set of keys appear? You design the programming language and you define your select set of keywords. You know the essential keywords of your programming language. That is fixed set. You can, you can at least try to make that perfect passion for them, right? Lookup table for the key, uh, for the reserved words. <coughs> so perfect hashing doesn't allow any collisions whatsoever. If there are no collisions, of course, then you could think of that you could just waste one bit, one or zero, if the function was there or not. This is the perfect hashing, uh, hashing, there is no collisions, and minimal perfect hashing is such that the key set has the same size as the hash table. That hash table is 100% full. This, is, uh, this would be the perfect hashing uh, scenario that has minimal size properties. At this moment, this looks very a uh, theoretical concept, right? How on earth can we find something that is, gives us, for the set of keys, uh, perfect hashing when there is no collisions and it's 100% load factor? Okay, um, so how, how do we start designing these perfect hash functions in the case that, uh, not to think yet about the minimal uh, size hash functions? First of all, Let's grab n square, we have n elements, 100 elements, let's grab 10,000 slots. If you grab 10,000 slots for 100 elements, then you have more than half probability that any from this universal family hash functions that you generate randomly, that more than half probability that one of those, the first one will be immediately perfect hash function. Just grab lots of space then you have higher probability that it's uh, perfect from the beginning. 
if we use these universal uh, uh, function families. Um, so combinatorially, how many how many uh, key pairs there is, and what is the probability to hit, etc. So that can be uh, calculated. So there is two out of n combinations. Um, M in here is uh, our expected number of collisions. What is the? This should be uh, try to keep small. So if the load factor and the number of keys is equal, then the expected number of collisions will be less than half. If we make table large enough, the number of keys squared, oh sorry, no, the expected number of collisions is n over, well, this is the load factor, right? But if we increase this significantly, if we make it um, n squared, then we get expected number of collisions less than half. So then that means that with the probability at least half, we, we can uh, have the collision-free hash function. Seems that um, PowerPoint didn't somehow want to work. <laughs>